friends, and welcome back for this very special episode of Thistle in the Weeds. I said in my intro, a special edition of Thistle in the Weeds. There's actually already been an episode that has posted this week, and now you're getting a second? What? I thought it would be appropriate, though, to release on this day because it's Halloween. Happy Halloween. And this episode is about... Halloween. (laughs) So a while ago, I got really interested in learning the history behind Halloween, why we celebrate, where it comes from, etc. Because Halloween is my favorite holiday. And it has been since I was a kid. I, I just love it. Like you get to dress up in these fantastic costumes. You get to pretend to be something else or someone else for the whole day. No adults are going to tell you that you can't. You can wear fantastic makeup. You get to eat a shit ton of candy. It is the greatest. And an interesting thing about where I grew up is that they actually had trick-or-treat every year on the Thursday before Halloween. And if Halloween happened to fall on a Thursday, then you had trick-or-treat the Thursday before. So... My husband thinks that that's kind of a a terrible way to celebrate Halloween. But for me, as a kid, it was amazing because you got to have trick-or-treat. You got to go out and be spooky and get Halloween candy and all of that. You got to do it on trick-or-treat night. And then you also got to do it on Halloween. So it was kind of like extra Halloween time. I didn't mind it so much. I mind it now. I mind it now that I'm an adult because now if I want to pass out candy and I want to be that cool house, like I have to make sure that my decorations are ready. I have to make sure my Halloween candy is ready, that I have a costume ready for Thursday, not actually Halloween. Anyway, it's fine. It is what it is. So yeah, I have always loved Halloween. It's just my favorite time of year. And it's not just about Halloween itself, but like the vibe this time of year. Everything is dying. Everything is changing colors. Like the leaves are brilliant, at least where I live. I live in a climate where we do see all four seasons. And so, you know, the leaves change, the leaves fall off, the ground gets covered in these beautiful reds and oranges and you know, it gets rainy, it gets dark early. And there's something really magical about that. I know it seems kind of depressing. And I definitely do go through seasonal depression this time of year, especially once, you know, we have Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas kind of out of the way. We're into January and the weather is just terrible. We're into February and the weather is still terrible. Everything is muddy. When I was a kid and we used to get tons of snow, that was amazing. But because of climate change, because our planet, (laughs) our planet is dying, we don't really get as much snow in the area that I live anymore. So it's just muddy and rainy and gross and everything's brown. 
So I definitely, you know, feel the effects of uh, seasonal depression, but I still think there's something really important about experiencing that because then when you get into spring and the early parts of summer and everything starts to come to life, everything starts to grow and everything's these beautiful colors, flowers are coming up everywhere, it makes you really appreciate it all that much more. And I don't think that we should recognize this time of year just so that spring is better. I think there's something magical in just experiencing what we experience in the fall as things kind of die, as, you know, life kind of resets. Um, But interestingly, as I started doing my research into where Halloween comes from and the, the history behind it, it seems like that's kind of the theme of Halloween is really, it isn't necessarily about Frankenstein's monster or, you know, dressing up and getting candy, although in the United States, it definitely is now. But that's not where it came from. So let's get into that. Uh, First of all, I would like to preface this by saying I watched an amazing YouTube video about sort of the history of Halloween. And if I can figure out how to link that YouTube video to my podcast, I definitely will because this guy deserves a lot of credit. Like the stuff that he was talking about, the information that he gave is perfect. I will also, at the end of this particular episode, I will mention another way that you can find that link, a little special treat for all of you who make it through the episode. But I was watching this YouTube video and the man who was narrating or was speaking in the YouTube video is a literary historian. So he really studies literature more than like actual like holidays or the history of peoples, although it's all intertwined. But he basically explained that there isn't a direct path to like the beginning of Halloween, right? We don't have a way to go back and see what was the very first Halloween like? What did they do? What did they celebrate? Because Halloween is a, a folk holiday. It's more an amalgamation of a bunch of things that happened throughout history that kind of made Halloween change over time and become what it is today. And unfortunately, what it is today is a bit more capitalist than I would prefer. But we'll talk about that as we get into it. I think the best place to start is actually to talk about a holiday that, and a time of year, honestly, that was celebrated in Celtic, in the in Celtic areas in like the 400s and possibly even before that. It's just that my history, you know, what I was reading up on, the earliest dates that I could find were like the 400s. Um, and that is a, a holiday and time of year called Samhain. Interestingly, Samhain is also the Irish language name for November, and the Gaelic or Celtic calendar, uh, the new year actually starts on November 1st. So celebrating Halloween or All Hallows' Eve or for these people, for Celtic people, it was Samhain, was actually kind of a celebration of 
the the end of the harvest season, the end of fall, their winter started on November 1st, their new year started on November 1st. So it was kind of celebrating that change into, you know, a different time period of life during the year. And obviously, this was pre-Christian, right? So Christianity really hadn't made its way into the Celtic regions um, so this was definitely more of a pagan holiday, and that's also why they used their own sort of calendar system at that time. But Samhain was actually considered a liminal festival, or a festival at a time of year when the veil between the living world and the other world was thinned. And so you... If you've heard of this sort of thing before, which if you've watched Outlander, which I'm sure a lot of people have, um, they actually talk about this kind of stuff. And so this time of year and actually the opposite end of the year. So May 1st, when we start seeing like spring, summer, the veil is very thin between our world and the other world. And so you can actually get um, souls of the dead coming through into like the living world. Um, you can also get like spirits or fairies coming in. So basically during Samhain, they were making appeasements to the fairies, um, basically, you know, giving them food or drink to appease the fairies so that the fairies would bless them and let them live and let their livestock live through the winter. They would also set places at dinner tables for the dead um, because, as I said, you know, it was common for them to believe that souls could then come back to the homes that they used to live in when they were alive. And this idea of, like, the veil thinning and, you know, souls being able to come across and you kind of, like make a place for them or you honor them in some way is not specific to Celtic culture. Like that is a thing that is pervasive through many different cultures. One that specifically comes to mind is uh, I recently watched the movie Coco just because it's, you know, that time of year around Halloween. I love that movie. And for me, being a very non-Mexican person, it was really amazing to see how their culture celebrates Dia de los Muertos or Day of the Dead because it's around the same time of year and the way that they celebrate is a bit more happy and a bit more free-spirited and a bit more of a celebration rather than sad, gloomy, scary stuff. But this idea of, you know, honoring the dead or making room for the dead or remembering the dead at this time of year is something that Mexican culture does as well, which I just found really amazing. So some of the common things that you saw in Celtic culture during this time of year, during Samhain, was mumming and guising. So mumming is where you have actors, typically amateur actors, walking through the streets and doing like little bits of plays or monologues or things um, for treats. Apples and nuts were a big thing, especially for children. Those were the, the treats that you would give out. 
guising of course would be dressing up in disguise so you have a lot of that you know people going door to door reciting verses in exchange for food they also believe scholars believe that you know dressing up in costume at this time of year might have been a way to disguise yourself from the fairies so if you are a person who had wronged someone or if you were a person who maybe I don't know, did something to offend a fairy, you would disguise yourself so that, you know, at this time of year when fairies could be present, they wouldn't be able to recognize you. They wouldn't be able to find you. And then around the 5th century, we have St. Patrick coming into Ireland, quote unquote. And I say that because at this time of year, Ireland doesn't look the way that it looks to us in the 21st century. I was I was looking at a map of like what what would have been, you know, Celtic culture, like where would Celtic people have lived at this time? And it was basically everything that wasn't Rome was Celtic or was Gaelic. And Rome was basically just Italy and kind of that southern um, region in Europe. So everything north and northeast of that was Celtic or Gaelic. And of course, Christians thought of those people as barbarians. Uh, And, you know, it wasn't that they weren't. They were a very dangerous people, but I just think using the word barbarian makes it sound like they weren't intelligent. They weren't capable. They weren't literate. They weren't, you know, and that may or may not be the case. Anyway, so fifth century, we have St. Patrick, who he wasn't sainted yet, but as we're looking back on it now, he is called St. Patrick. He became the primary patron saint of Ireland, as we know. There are lots of stories about the things that he did for Ireland, one of which was driving out all the snakes, which was not a thing he actually did. But he's actually credited with bringing Christianity to Ireland at this time. Christianity, and specifically Catholicism, because that's what I researched, already had a holiday to honor those who have gone to heaven, those who have like followed the faith and have gone to heaven. And that was called All Saints Day. Typically, that was celebrated in May. But then you have Christianity coming to a place where people are largely pagan. In order to convince them to convert, Instead of telling them that the things that they celebrate, the times of year that they celebrate, they can't do that anymore because that would have been a major turnoff, they just kind of like fold the pagan holidays in with the Christian holidays. So we kind of have this like weird homogenous mixture of the holidays kind of coming together. Halloween, Samhain, All Saints Day was sort of that. And then, um, like I said, normally they celebrated All Saints Day in May, like in the springtime. Uh, It was typically kind of close to Easter. But they decided to move the holiday. um, And it actually happened for the very first time in the 8th century 
when Pope Gregory III transferred relics of the Catholic saints and martyrs to a newly dedicated basilica called St. Peter's Basilica in the 8th century. And this happened on the 1st of November. And so they decided to move All Saints Day, which was technically a day to honor the saints, those who were of the faith who had passed on to heaven. Um, They moved that to November 1st. And, you know, obviously this coincided with the date that Celtic people were celebrating Samhain. And so now the holidays are basically joined together. And then in 835, we have Pope Gregory IV adding his seal of approval for a permanent date change. So now we have the Catholic calendar being changed a little bit so that All Saints Day is practiced on November 1st. And it also so happens that there is a second holiday that ends up being celebrated, which is All Souls Day. That ends up happening the day after All Saints Day. And All Souls Day was basically a day to honor anyone that had died and specifically praying for the souls of people who were still in purgatory. That is a very Catholic thing. Keep that in mind. (laughs) So many years pass, and then we have the Protestant Reformation. Now, this didn't just happen in Ireland. As a matter of fact, it primarily happened in England. And by this point, you're starting to see that the countries are a bit more reminiscent of what we think of them now. So it wasn't just, you know, Celtics and Roman people. There were other countries coming into existence as well. And through the Protestant Reformation, Protestants didn't want anything to do with Catholicism, right? That was the whole point. And something that I pointed out to one of my really good friends is that the word Protestant comes from protesting. I don't know why I never put it like I was today years old when I realized Protestants were just protesting Catholicism. (laughs) That was their whole kind of movement. Anyway... So they didn't want anything to do with Catholic traditions, but these holidays, these observances, the, the, the Bible itself was not specifically Catholic, right? That was something that was kind of passed around through all of the religions. And so they didn't want to necessarily get rid of those holidays. It was just that, oh, we're not going to pray for souls that are in purgatory. Like, that's just not a thing that we're going to do. So we're going to do our own spin on All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And it just kind of became more of an observance of, you know, those that have died and remembering those that have died. And then, of course, we have Protestants and Catholics exploring the world. I mean, it kind of happened already at this point, but... Specifically, there's a movement of people coming over to North America and bringing their traditions with them. And then in the 18th century, we see this mass immigration of Irish and Scotch-Irish people moving to North America and bringing with them their own taste of what this holiday looked like, right? So Some of them still have like some pagan beliefs, like the idea of carving a jack-o'-lantern was something that happened way back in Celtic times. And typically they use turnips because that was what was prevalent at the time. That was what they had in abundance 
other than potatoes, except for the potato famine, in in uh, Ireland was the turnip. And so they would carve the turnips into jack-o'-lanterns. Well, then they came to North America, and here the gourd that was present was the pumpkin. And so that's where we have jack-o'-lanterns becoming pumpkins instead of turnips. Things like that that kind of got changed a little bit but still had uh, like echoes of where it came from and, and what it was before. And then, of course, we get into like the Victorian times and we start getting Victorian literature that is now sort of of the Gothic mindset. We start having these horror stories being written that, you know, the way that we think about them nowadays, like for me to go back and read Frankenstein or for me to go back and read Dracula now, like they feel a little boring because we've had things that have gotten so much more intense and so much more scary and so much more gory these days. But at the time, those were game changers, right? Those were pieces of literature that were new and crazy and scary and so they just kind of naturally became associated with a time of year that already had sort of that vibe of you know the the dead are coming back and we're going to you know do some pagan sacrifices and etc so and by the way i i didn't mention this earlier but the the celtic festival of Samhain was not specifically only about honoring the dead, right? As I said, it was a way to celebrate the end of the harvest season and the coming winter. And so there were a lot of bonfires. There were huge feasts that happened. People got drunk and played games. Like it wasn't just specifically about the dead. It was also about having a party. So, you know, there was sort of this element of like, it's a happy time of year. You know, we can have a lot of fun. It doesn't just have to be about you know, death comes for us all, which I, you know, is interesting. And then after the Victorian era, you know, we have some more time passing and then we start seeing, you know, the advent of uh, moving pictures and Hollywood and we see movies being made about Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein and the Invisible Man and I'm only saying these because I've recently been watching them I love I love those old 1930s and 40s movies that were based on those kinds of those pieces of literature that maybe you know in our minds right now we don't necessarily associate with Halloween because it doesn't directly have Halloween embedded but it kind of does because it's that spooky vibe that we're going for, right? So this time of year, like anything with Vincent Price or Boris Karloff or Basil Rothbane, like I am into it. And then also give me Clue with Tim Curry because my heart bleeds for Tim Curry. I love him so much. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where we have Halloween coming from. And like I said, in uh, so with the Celtic people in the 400s, they began celebrating the night before November 1st, which would have been October 31st. And they did that because their days began and ended at sunset. So sunset on the 31st, the 31st would end and November would begin. And so they always kind of started partying at night. 
when we have Catholics kind of coming in and taking over the holiday a little bit, of course, you know, the names change a little bit. Time of day, you know, we now know, at least according to the church, we have day ending at midnight, starting at midnight. So if we look at the way that those words were used in within that Gaelic culture, but those words for the the church holiday, it was actually collectively called All Hallowtide. So the night before, October 31st, was All Hallows Eve. So hollow was the word, the Scots word for the saints. And their word for evening was just even, or sometimes just abbreviated E apostrophe E-N. So een. And so that's where we get the word Halloween is from the Scotch version of All Hallows Eve. And then we have All Hallows Day or All Saints Day. That's the day that we honor the saints who have gone to heaven. And then we have All Souls Day, which is November 2nd. So it's actually collectively a three-day holiday of All Hallowtide. And I, for one, think that we need to put forth some legislation that people get all three days off of work because I, for one, would celebrate. <laughs> I, for one, would have a big raucous party for all three days. Like it would just be an amazing time. Um, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that's associated with Halloween. And if you go look at, you know, the Wikipedia pages and start reading, you can really go down a nice big rabbit hole. And I did. There was uh, one particular idea that kind of came about that um, there were these paintings that were done in churches to honor All Hallows Eve, All Hallows Day, which were the dance macabre. <laughs> That's how I'm going to say it. That's apparently how British English speakers would say it. Or in French, it would be macabre. Or here in the U.S., apparently it would be pronounced macabre. Absolutely not macabre. <laughs> don't say it that way. <laughs> I don't care. Say it however you want. Just don't say it like that to me. Uh, anyway, so the dance macabre was like this painting of skeletons from all walks of life that were kind of dancing and basically, it was this way of saying, like, death comes for us all. It doesn't matter if you are a pope or an emperor or a child or a laborer. Death is coming for you. That is the one thing that joins us all, that connects us all, that, you know, shows us that we are all human. And there is a an idea that even within that, there's this thing called memento mori, where it's a, a reminder of death, which is usually depicted as just like a skull. And I have a shit ton of skulls in my living room right now, both like physical and uh, pictures, drawings, paintings of skulls, because I just love them. I think they're really interesting. And so it's like I just have this room full of dance macabre going on in my living room reminding us all that we die eventually. 
And as I said, there are a lot of cultures out there that celebrate something similar. You know, if it isn't directly Halloween, because again, that's like this day and age, especially that's more of a U.S., Canada, Ireland, Scotland kind of thing. Although Ireland and Scotland, it looks different than, you know, the way that it does here in the United States. I think it looks a bit more traditional um, in, in terms of how they celebrate. But there are other countries that now celebrate Halloween in terms of like the United States Halloween dressing up and giving out candy which is cool but there are other cultures out there that have something similar and like I said the one that I kind of zeroed in on in in terms of doing a little bit of research for this particular episode was the Mexican holiday of Dia de los Muertos and I, I don't know a lot about it. If you are Mexican or if you celebrate Dia de los Muertos, please feel free to like contact me and, and tell me about it because I just think like from what I was able to research, it was definitely not the somber, sad, scary, spooky type holiday that you, we celebrate here in the United States. It was definitely more festive and... For my own personal celebration of Halloween, what it feels like to me is not necessarily like I want to buy giant inflatable spiders and set them up outside my house. I do enjoy that part of it. I enjoy seeing little kids getting dressed up and enjoying a day that is like almost entirely about them, right? They get to do whatever they want, dress up. They get to pretend to be superheroes and firefighters and princesses and that is so cool because it gives them an opportunity to maybe reach into a part of their personality that they normally have to repress <sighs> anyway um but I think it's really awesome for them and I want to celebrate for the kids but also for me personally it really is about remembering that Life isn't all sunshine and rainbows. It isn't all roses and bubbles and super happy shit. Sometimes it's sad. Sometimes your mom is dead because of cancer. And sometimes it's okay to remember that. And not necessarily be sad about it, but just realize that it happened. And let the memory of her, you know, come to life a bit more. And it doesn't even have to be on Halloween, but... I want to be able to celebrate, you know, the people who have died in my life in a way that isn't necessarily traditional, but also isn't necessarily sad. And I feel like if I can, you know, put up some decorations and think about spooky things and, you know, kind of bridge that gap across, you know, our normal everyday lives into something that's a bit more taboo and make it less taboo, make it more normal to talk about things like death, then I'm going to do it. <laughs> Plus, I just think dead things are very cool. Like bones are awesome. Anyway, that is about all I have for you for this particular episode. I wish you all a happy all hollowtide um, starting today and for the next two days. And let me know, like shoot me an email. Again, artbythistle at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Oh, that reminds me. I have a special announcement. 
But what I was saying was, shoot me an email and let me know how you celebrate Halloween. You know, are you more into the inflatables and the lights and, you know, really getting like into the flashy showmanship of it? Or is it more of like a somber, you know, is it a happy time for you? Do you celebrate Dia de los Muertos? Do you celebrate Samhain? You know, are you a neo-pagan? Tell me, tell me, I want to know. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that I have a coffee page, and that is K-O-F-I, coffee page. Um, you may or may not be familiar with it, but it's similar to Patreon, although I think not quite as intrusive, in my opinion. So you can actually stop by and um, like take a look. I post my art there. I have a couple of like blog posts there. So if you feel like supporting the channel, you are welcome to go there and do that. You can, you know, pledge to give something mon monthly if you want to. You can also just like give me a dollar, like a one-time thing if you want to. You don't have to give me anything. You don't have to go to that page if you don't want to. Um, but I plan on kind of updating there regularly on the podcast stuff, on my, you know, art, my drawings basically. And then um, I'm also trying to get into VO, so I may start posting some interesting little snippets there as things progress, but we'll see. But anyway, that's another good way of getting in touch with me. So my coffee page is ko-fi.com slash artbythistle. Again, ko-fi.com slash artbythistle. And yeah, you can go there, you can check out my art, you can follow me if you wish. You don't have to do anything if you don't want to. So yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode. Again, a merry all hollow tide to anybody who celebrates. And yeah, I, I hope this was a fun way to celebrate Halloween for you, to learn a little bit about it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, shoot me an email, hit me up on coffee. Otherwise, that's going to be it for me for this episode. I really hope you have a wonderful week. Be kind to each other. Don't be a dick. Bye.